Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Well, happy Father's Day, everybody. Thank you so much. Whether you are joining us online, Dad, or whether you're here in person, I hope you have an amazing day. I don't even know what amazing is for you. If it's golf, I hope it's golf. If it's macrame, I hope it's macrame. Whatever it is, if it's road hockey, if it's remote control cars, if it's scrapbooking, if it's football, if it's interpretive dance, I hope you have an amazing day. But I want to tell you that my prayer going into today is that today would be for the dads and all of us, actually, a day of encouragement and a day of connection. You know, as we've been working our way through this journey in the gospel of John, I've been surprised many times at the incredible sense of timing, that we seem to arrive at the perfect text at the perfect time. And today might be the best example yet as we jump into John chapter 14. Just a little bit of context on this Father's Day of 2023. Between chapters 13 and 17, John is describing the events that came to be known as the Last Supper. It's just hours before Jesus is going to be arrested, and he's trying to prepare his disciples for everything that is to come. But over the last few weeks, we've been talking about John chapter 13. I think you can maybe imagine that the disciples after the events of John 13 are pretty rattled. Jesus says, one of you is going to deny me. One of you is going to betray me. Oh, and by the way, I'm going away and you can't come. Okay, so by the end of John 13, the disciples are a little bit rattled. They're a little bit troubled. So we enter into John 14 with Jesus speaking comfort and hope to a troubled group of disciples. John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father And the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the words themselves. John 14 is a powerful expression of the Trinity. The God of the Bible is one God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In this section that we just read, we see God the Son, we see Jesus talking about God the Father. Next week, as we cover the rest of John 14, we're going to see God the Son, Jesus, talking about God the Holy Spirit. It's funny, though, because if you look around the world today, 
you see a lot of churches who identify themselves primarily with God the Son. These are churches who say, we are a Jesus-preaching church. We are a Jesus-believing church. We will do anything short of sin to make Jesus famous. We exist to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are many churches today who mainly align themselves with God the Son, with Jesus. And by the way, that's a great thing. The death and resurrection of Jesus are the central events in all of human history. Change the past, change the present, change the future, change forever. And just as there's many churches today who align themselves closely with God the Son, with Jesus, there are also many churches who align themselves primarily with God the Holy Spirit. These are churches who say, we're a spirit-filled church. We're a spirit-led church. We celebrate at this church, we celebrate and affirm the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We pray at this church for a move of the Holy Spirit. There's many churches in the world today who closely align themselves, who are most directly associated with God the Holy Spirit. And by the way, that's a great thing. We're going to talk a lot more about this next week. But when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. That God would not only just be with us, but be within us. Comfort. Strength. Hope. Direction through God the Holy Spirit. So you got churches who align themselves with Jesus. You got churches that align themselves with the Holy Spirit. But I got to tell you something. As many churches as I've seen in the world today who say we're a Jesus preaching church, or as many churches as I've seen who say we are a spirit led church, never in my life, and I'm well over 30 years old, never in my life have I seen a church say we're a father preaching church. We're a father-led church. And my question on this Father's Day of 2023 would be, why? Why would that be? See, I think the answer on a very, very simple level would be this. Fathers don't have a really good reputation. The whole concept of fatherhood doesn't have a really good reputation in 2023. In, in fact, often where you hear the word father spoken is in the context of a term used to describe damage done to a child through their relationship or lack of relationship, through their interaction or lack of interaction with their father. Sometime damage that lasts through an entire lifetime. And that term, of course, is father wound. Experts say there's five major causes of father wounds. The first is neglect. This is a father who does not provide. A father who does not provide food and clothing and shelter and safety and security for his children, that can cause a father wound. The second cause is absence. Is a father who's not around. Might be through divorce or long-term separation, or maybe it's a father who died when his children were still young. The third cause for a father wound is Abuse. The heartbreaking truth is this. In Canada today, one out of every five children, 20% of children, will be abused by their father. Emotionally, verbally, spiritually, sexually abused by their dad. 
The fourth cause of a father wound is control. This is an overbearing dad. Controls all the little details of his kid's life to the degree that they never really exert their own personhood. They never really become themselves because every aspect of their lives is being controlled by their father. The fifth and final cause of a father wound is something called withholding. These are fathers who do not pass on a blessing to the next generation. So physically they're there, but emotionally they're gone. They don't speak the words, I love you. I'm proud of you. They don't encourage their kids. They don't hold their kids. They say there's all kinds of different effects of father wound that we can see play out, not only in children, but throughout their lives. One of them is a confused sense of identity. Another is a low level of confidence. I would suggest to you, in fact, that children who feel at some point or to some degree rejected by their father will see that spirit of rejection follow them through their entire lives. Where they never quite feel like they measure up. They never quite feel good enough. Father wounds can also cause anxiety, depression, moments of uncontrollable rage. And for boys, father wounds can lead to grown-up men who feel unable, ill-equipped to be dads themselves. And, and that's the self-perpetuating nature of the father wound, by the way. You see it? It's heartbreaking, right? Because for, for many people, they grow up in a home and, and they look at that person, maybe it's their father, and they say this, I'm never, ever, ever gonna be like him. And 25 years later, they look in the mirror and they see, I look a lot like him. So the father wound can be self-perpetuating, wounded people, wounding people, wounded people, wounding people, generation after generation after generation after generation. So therefore, if you ask me, what's the percentage of the people walking around in the world today with some degree of a father wound, I would tell you the percentage is probably right around, let me calculate, 100. Let's start here. Over half of the children in Canada today are growing up in a home without their biological dad. A full 25% of children in Canada today are growing up in a home with no long-term father figure at all. So add to that the children who are growing up with controlling dads, neglectful dads, withholding dads, or even abusive dads, and suddenly you end up at 100% of the population walking around with some degree of a father wound. So if you ask me, hey, why don't more churches say we're a father-led church, we are a father-preaching church, that's why. Because dads have a bad reputation in 2023. Happy Father's Day. I love you. I hope you're encouraged. <laughs> you're welcome. Dads watching online, don't click me off. Not yet. It's going to get good right now. Those of you, who, of you who are here, I promised encouragement I meant it. That was the bad news. The rest of the news is great news. So let's start here. Let's start at the reason 
One of the primary reasons why dads have such a bad reputation is because inside of you, inside of me, inside of all of us, there's this deep longing for a perfect father. There's a deep longing for a perfect father. So let me state the obvious here. I'm a father. I'm like, you're a pastor, so are you perfect? I am not. I am not a perfect father. In fact, if you ask me, do you think your kids have father wounds? I would say, yes, they do. If I had to pick one out of the five causes listed to uh, bring about father wounds, the one that I would pick for myself would probably be controlling. People say of me sometimes, Mike, you put the mic in micromanage. And it's kind of funny, really, but sometimes I wonder, you know, as my kids are growing up, I always think I know better. I always want to do it my way. I always think I know the best way. And so I would suggest that for all of us, we are all in the same boat. We all have a longing for more than a dad like me could ever bring. We all have a longing for a perfect father. In fact, I would suggest that longing is so universal, that longing is so intense, that it must have fulfillment. And that fulfillment, of course, comes in the fact that we all have a perfect heavenly father. And one of the goals of our lives is to get to know him. And how do we do that? Well, Jesus says it here in John 14. If you know Jesus, you know the Father. That Jesus is the human expression of the character, the nature, the person of God. You want to get to know your heavenly Father? Look to Jesus. And so that's what I want to do for a little while today. On this Father's Day of 2023, I want to get to know our heavenly Father just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Because I think when we do, we'll find three things. Number one, we'll find wholeness. There's so many people walking around the world today just feel like something's missing. You never had those words spoken over you. It's amazing, but there's lots of adults walking around the world today, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, and they are still driven. They are still grinding. They are still chasing after what? The approval of their father. There are people watching online right now, there are people joining us in person right now, and you're working and working and striving for the approval of a dad who died decades ago. We need to find wholeness. We, we need to get to know our Heavenly Father because let me tell you something. You want approval? Let me tell you, you already got it. You are approved. You want acceptance? You already got it. You are accepted. You want to be loved? You already are loved. There's nothing you've ever done that has made your Heavenly Father love you any less. There's nothing you could ever do to make Him love you more. Wholeness, wholeness, wholeness. Rest in that today. The second thing that we'll find when we get to know our perfect heavenly father, find healing. Psychologists are shocked at times at the weight of the words of a father. Compared to words spoken by others, the weight of the words of the father seems so much greater. The absence of a father seems to hit so hard. 
And so whether you're like my kids and you grew up with a dad who was imperfect but just doing his best, or maybe you grew up with a father where you're looking back right now and it doesn't even seem he was trying. Or maybe you grew up without a dad at all. I want to tell your heavenly father wants to bring you healing today. I would go as far as to say this, that your history, looking back, looking back, looking back, those spirits of rejections, those spirits of abandonment, looking back, your history does not. Your perfect heavenly father wants you to know this today. This is really, really important. Your history does not determine your destiny. It just doesn't. You have a perfect heavenly father who wants to bring you healing. And he wants to bring you hope. Too many families are in this cycle of sorrow, right? Wounded people, wounding people, generation after generation after generation. Here's the hope. God's gonna put an end in your generation. God's gonna put an end to that cycle. Because if it's true that wounded people wound people, it's also true healed people bring healing. Love people, love. And that starts with you. That starts with this generation. I'm so proud of you. They tell me no one shows up to church on Father's Day. <laughs> Love you guys. I'm proud of you, you know. And as an imperfect dad, I find hope in this. I can turn to my kids and I can go, man, you had a bit of a wingnut for a dad, didn't you? You know, but I want you to meet somebody because deep down inside, you long for a perfect father. I got someone I want you to meet. So today I want to spend some time on Father's Day 2023. I want to spend some time get to know our perfect heavenly father. And I want to do that, by the way, by going through the five causes of a father wound. I want to ask, is our God guilty of any of those five? So number one, the first cause of a father wound is neglect. Neglect. A father who fails to provide. Is our heavenly father neglectful? It's a weird question, right? Because one of the names that the Hebrews gave to God was Jehovah Jireh. You know what it means? Our God provides. Our God is a provider. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke the universe into existence. He created a planet for you. He created a planet for us, orbiting around the sun, just close enough, but not too close. He gave us an environment, an atmosphere that we could breathe. This thing called the water cycle that refreshes this planet. Plants, vegetation, and he created people. He provided life for us. The first man, Adam, God breathed, God breathed, God breathed the breath of life into Adam. He provided it all. And yet we read on page three of the Bible. The first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, they walked away from God's provision. They walked away from the life breather. They walked away, and yet God's character is provision. God provides. So even in that moment, page three of the Bible, Genesis chapter three, God provided another way. God provided a way back. In that moment, Genesis chapter three, God already had an idea, a redemption plan. He was gonna send Jesus a way back to provision, a way back to life. Isn't it amazing here in John 14? Thomas says, Jesus, we don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way back. I am the way. I am the way back to provision. I am the way back to life. Is our God neglectful? No, our God is a provider. Our perfect heavenly father, your perfect heavenly father is a perfect provider. The second cause of father wounds 
is absence. Absence. Is our Heavenly Father absent? There's this philosophy, this school of thought called deism. Deism says this, that God is like a watchmaker. Okay, so he created the universe like a watch. He wound it up and then he walked away. That would be an absent father. It's interesting because there's all different examples of micro, micro deism, right? So you would read the story of the Bible and you'd see on page three in Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve walked away from provision. They walked away from life. And so micro deism would say, um, hey, God walks up to Adam and Eve and says, well, have it your way. You walked away. Hasta la vista, baby. We'll see you at the end of all things, you know? Or how about in your life or my life? where we look at ourselves and realize, man, I really blew it. I made a mistake, I, 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 I sinned, I, I fell short. And, and there's that thought sometimes we have that God's gonna wash his hands of us. Walk away and say, que sera, sera. I'm using a lot of Spanish today because I'm smart, that's why. <laughs> See, a judgment day, but a God is not absent. He's right here, right now. He's never left you. He's with you right now. He will never leave you. He went before you into this spectacular moment. In fact, the Bible says that when God the Father sent God the Son into human history, one of the names given to Jesus was Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. God with you right here and right now. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. Not only with you, but within you. Comfort, strength, counsel, hope. That's our God. He is not absent. He has never left you and he never will. The third cause of the father wound is abuse. So is our perfect heavenly father abusive? Some would say he is actually. Some would say he is, they give two main reasons. The first reason is this, look what he put Jesus through. Look what God the Father put God the Son through, that Jesus was arrested and beaten and mocked and spit on and nailed to a Roman cross where he suffered and died. Many would say, that's divine child abuse. With all due respect, I would suggest those who feel that way are missing one thing, and it's in the very nature of a battle. It's in the very nature of a battle. It's in the very nature of a battle. Listen, this is really, really important. It's gonna sound simple, but it's super important. An unfaced enemy can't be defeated. An unfaced enemy can't be defeated. Just before Jesus died, as he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. I want to tell you part of what he meant in that moment. Jesus was saying, I faced shame. I defeated shame. Shame doesn't rule here anymore. It's finished. Jesus said, I faced despair. I defeated despair. Despair doesn't rule here anymore. It is finished. I faced darkness. I defeated darkness. Darkness doesn't rule here anymore. It is finished. And even as Jesus breathed his last breath, he knew that three days later, his heavenly father was gonna raise him back to life. And so Jesus said this, I'm facing death. 
I will defeat it. Death doesn't rule here anymore. It is finished. You get it? God looked at you and me, and he looked at our, literally, our most deadly foes. And he did not, he did not stand back with apathy. He sent God the Son into human history. He defeated every single one of them. And when he rose, what it means is that you and I can rise to live our lives today, tomorrow, and forever in, in victory. The second reason why some would say our Heavenly Father is abusive, they would say, look at the pain and the suffering in the world. Life is difficult. Life is tough. Life is painful. And some would say our Heavenly Father, therefore, could be considered abusive. Well, to answer that claim, I want to move to the fourth cause of a father wound, and that is controlling. Is our heavenly father controlling? I would suggest to you that he is not. God gave you and me, God gave people, created in his own image, he gave us something called free will. Free will. You know why? Because he wanted to have a love relationship with you. He wanted to have a love relationship with me. He wanted to have a love relationship with us. Without free will, there can be no love. Okay, this is really important. Without free will, there can be no love. However, with free love, sorry, with, hey, we're not that kind of church, okay? Let's just move on. <laughs> with free will, the possibility arises for darkness and evil. Without free will, there can be no love. But with free will, the opportunity, the possibility arises for darkness and evil. It's interesting, right? Be, be, because people say, well, why doesn't God, our loving Heavenly Father, why doesn't he right now put an end to all the evil and all the darkness? And I look inside of my own life. And if I look real hard, there's some evil in there. There's some darkness in there. So if I ask God to end all evil and darkness right now, I'm going to end me. See, the Bible says that our perfect heavenly father is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's not slow in keeping his promise as some of us would consider slow, but he's faithful. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to be saved. Is he controlling? No. No, he's patient and he's kind. And finally, the fifth cause of a father wound is withholding. This is a father who doesn't pass on a blessing to his kids. What about our perfect heavenly father? You know, it's funny, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter one, we read this, that God, our heavenly father, sent his son Jesus, and when he did, he gave us every, every, every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. Forgiveness for our sins. Healing for our hurts, strength for today, the power to change, hope for tomorrow, not only for me, but for my family, and the promise of eternity. It's interesting because Jesus says to the disciples, hey, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled, it's all good. I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, are many rooms. In my father's house are many rooms. It's funny because the King James Version says it this way. In my father's house are many mansions. So a lot of people like the King James a lot more, right? Like I'd rather have a mansion than a house. Come on, can we get real? And it's funny because we're kind of missing the point. 
See, if you read through the Bible, every time you read th- that phrase, my father's house, it's not a where, it's a who. It's not a place, it's a people. My father's house is a family. It's a family. And it reminds me of the fact that for decades now, if you would have asked me, hey, where's home? Where's home? My answer wouldn't have been a where, it would have been a who. It still is today. Wherever Corinne is, my wife Corinne, wherever she is, that's home. That's home to me. People say to me sometimes, man, bet you you're glad you're out of Red Deer, man. Come on, aren't you glad? Not really, Red Deer's awesome. This past January, my son Lucas and I were flying into Edmonton. We went to watch an Oilers game. Shut up, okay? So, so anyways, we're, 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 we're flying, and I'm looking out the, the window of the plane as we're getting close to Edmonton, and it's just north of where I grew up. And I look out, and it's just so beautiful. You know, these fields full of snow, these groves of trees, snowmobile tracks across the field. I say, hey, Lucas, hey, Lucas. Lucas, by the way, was born and raised in the Fraser Valley, okay? So I say, hey, Lucas, look out the window. Isn't that beautiful? And he says to me, there's nothing beautiful about that at all. I have no idea what you're talking about, but he's wrong. It's beautiful. He's wrong. Oh, you like red deer, Mike, so you know what? You must hate being in Chilliwack. No. Have you looked around lately? (laughs) We live in the most beautiful place in the planet. See, the point, though, for me, is home isn't primarily a where, it's a who. Every once in a while, Corinne and I will talk about the fact that it would be kind of cool living in a little apartment in downtown of a big city. How fun that would be, you know, walking to shopping and restaurants and arts. It'd be kind of cool. But then other days we talk about how cool it would be to live in a log cabin on the side of a mountain all by ourselves. So peaceful and beautiful and still. And we have those discussions. We always end up at the fact that, yeah, but our family's here and we love it here too. I guess my point is this, that that home, this concept of my father's house, this concept of home isn't primarily aware, it's primarily a who. See, I think in the world today, we've really butchered the concept of eternity. I think we really have. It actually starts with the where. We kind of have this ethereal view of what heaven's gonna be like. You know what the Bible says? A new heaven and a new earth. You understand that? There's gonna be a new red deer. (laughs) A new Chilliwack, a new Cultus Lake, a new London, a new Paris, a new Rome a new Grand Canyon, a new Pacific Ocean, a new Rocky Mountains, recognizable, but infinitely, infinitely, infinitely more. Absolutely stunning. We'll live in an ever-expanding universe ruled by, created by, an infinitely creative God, and we'll have eternity to explore. But that won't be the best thing. That's the where. The who is everything. See, the first person you're going to see when you step into eternity is Jesus, your big brother. And you're going to know immediately when you meet him that he's the most impressive person that you've ever met, and that's an understatement. Sometimes when somebody meets someone famous, they'll say this, man, I knew that I was in the presence of greatness. You know what I mean? When you meet Jesus face to face, you'll understand that you're in the presence of greatness to the degree that you can't even fully fathom, (laughs) like beyond anything that you could ever imagine. And yet, and yet, listen to this, 
you'll know instantly, even though you know you're in the presence of like unmeasurable greatness, that he is your best friend and your big brother. My best buddy growing up was Grant King. I sometimes wish that Grant could come here to Southside sometime, stand in the lobby, and, and you could walk up to Grant and you can say, hey Grant, do you remember the time that 17-year-old Mike Manis got beat up twice in one night at a biker bar called The Rock Jar in Pantecton during Peach Fest? And Grant would say, yep, I remember that. Or, or, or if you asked him, hey Grant, do you remember the time that little Mike and little Grant were riding their bikes through the subdivision and you saw that garage full of arcade games and there was that guy who fixed arcade games for a living and you called him Mr. Arcade and you played free arcade games for the whole summer? Grant would say, yeah, I remember that. Or you remember how you guys used to put water skiing tow ropes on the back of snowmobiles and tow each other around with your snow skis like for hours all winter, Grant would say, yeah. Or if you asked him, hey, Grant, do you remember the time, probably the last time you and Mike hung out? That you sat near Pine Lake and you popped popcorn in beer cans, Grant would say, yeah. You know why? Because he was there. My best, fan, my best friend from the time that I've been about 20 years old is my wife, Corinne. If you ask Corinne sometime, hey, Corinne, do you remember when Mike bought that GPS from Costco back when GPSs were a thing? And he wanted to show it off to the family, you know? So he kept clicking, avoid traffic, avoid traffic, avoid traffic, avoid traffic. And you ended up on a little tiny dirt trail in the middle of the Mojave Desert and a park ranger came up and yelled at Mike. She would say, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I definitely remember that. Or if you ask Corinne, hey, do, do you remember what it was like when it was just the two of you, just you and Mike, and then along came Tori and Lucas and Emma and Gabe and Bedza and Samuel? She would say, yeah, I remember that. Or if you asked her, hey, do you remember when 25-year-old Mike Manis got asked to preach at a grad banquet? They said, preach for 20 minutes, but Mike preached for well over an hour. <laughs> and when he was done... Everyone stood up and gave him a standing ovation and a preacher walked across the room and said, you need to spend the rest of your life doing this. Do you remember that? Corinne would say, I do. You know why? Because she was there. You understand, when you meet Jesus face to face, you'll understand that you're in the presence of immeasurable greatness and yet he's your best friend, he's your big brother. He's been there every single step. Every high high and every low low. He celebrated when you celebrated. He took joy in your joy. He wept when you shed a tear. He mourned when you mourned. I think for many of us, we look back at our life and we think, man, I I wish somebody would have been there to see that there was somebody. Man, I, I, I wish somebody could have shared that with me. Oh, he was there. He was there. See, when you meet Jesus, it's gonna be like the best friend no matter how long you've been apart, the conversation just flows. There's no catching up because he's been there. See, the thing about eternity is the, the, the where is gonna be amazing, amazing. But the who? Anyway, you and me, I mean, brothers and sisters, forever. The who is gonna be everything. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads.
So what's God speaking to you today on this Father's Day of 2023? I believe there's people watching online, there's people here in person, and what you really need is you need wholeness. You've been striving and chasing and striving for so long for acceptance, for approval, for love, and what I wanna tell you today is you are accepted, you are approved, you are loved. There's other people you're joining us online, you're here in person, and what you really want is you just want healing. Those words that were spoken hurt. That absence, that absence hurt. And what I can tell you is that because of God, your history is not your destiny. He wants to heal you today. For some of you, what you want more than anything is you just want hope. You just want hope. That today can be the beginning of the best is yet to come that your generation could be the generation in your family where everything changes, where everything changes. So I wanna tell you the first step to wholeness, the, the first step to healing, the first step to hope is to accept what God has given you when he sent his son Jesus into human history. Jesus died so we can live, he rose so that we can live forever in victory. Everything that needed to be done for your salvation God's already done through his son, Jesus. So if today is the day that you wanna take hold of that, accept that with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just want you to raise your hand right now, nice and high, please. If it's safe to do so and you're watching online, I would love for you to do the same. There's something powerful with making an outward expression of that inward commitment. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, you can put your hands down. If you just raised your hand online or in person, I'm gonna pray out loud I invite you just to pray quietly along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you. Today I stand before you and I'm gonna say it. I am loved. I am accepted. I am approved. Thank you for sending your son. So Jesus, Thank you for dying on the cross. I pray that you would be my savior, that you would forgive my sins, heal my hurts, and give me a brand new start today. And thank you that you rose again. I ask you to be my Lord. Give me the strength to follow you into the best is yet to come today, tomorrow, and forever. I love you, I thank you in your name. Amen, amen, let's celebrate. Just two more things, two more things, one. Next week, we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit. And I'm smiling because it's kind of funny. Because sometimes in churches, the Holy Spirit can feel a little bit like crazy cousin Eddie. You know what I mean? Like he's there, he's part of the family, but I don't know, you never know what he's gonna do. No, 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 no. The news is so much better than that. He's comfort, he's hope, he's strength. You're gonna love next week, bring everyone you know. And dads, happy Father's Day, I love you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.